Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. everybody and welcome back to series four of the podcast. Now, as I mentioned in the last episode, I was actually meant to be having a guest on today, but she had to reschedule last minute, which yet again leaves you alone with me. (laughs) I'm really sorry about that. This is actually a really nice opportunity, though, to follow up to the five steps to successful fat loss episodes with an episode entirely devoted to the diet after the diet maintenance. This is um, probably from a psychological perspective, the biggest hurdle that my clients and I kind of face really in their whole quote unquote journey, but it's absolutely the most beneficial one. The... The goal that if you nail this, you'll never have to diet ever again. And that, you know, that is why I think it's, you know, like everything in life, the thing that's really hard to do is the thing that's going to pay off the most. So just like in the five steps to successful fat loss episode, I talked you through practical and also kind of psychological applications and approaches. I'm going to do the exact same thing. Before we get into it, I'm sure there are a few of you listening who are thinking, woman, (laughs) I'm still trying to crack fat loss. This is not helpful at all. But I actually think on the contrary, this episode might spur you on to finally achieve your fat loss goals and to understand and be rest assured that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I know that a lot of my clients in particular have spent their whole life dieting, hating their bodies um, on this horrible kind of oppressive mental train of food, their body, exercise. And I really want this episode to pep you up, make you see from a coach's perspective as to why that doesn't have to be that way. And also from like me personally, I had to go through this. Um, And I really, (laughs) I really, really went about it the hard way. So I know and I can relate. You do not have to diet. You do not have to yo-yo diet for the rest of your life. Really. Not to mention as well that with every passing week of my coaching, I have at least one client 
make this transition. So I do know as well how helpful this episode will be for loads of you listening. And I think it would have been really helpful for me in the beginning. So I really do want to do it. Okay, so let's go through first and foremost, the practical steps and changes that as a coach, I instruct my clients to implement as soon as their fat loss goals have been achieved. Step one, increase calories by 10%. So for example, if you've been on 1500 calories with a fat loss goal, I would immediately tell you once you'd reached the goal to come up to a bracket of 16 to 1700 calories. Just a side note on this, I don't ever need clients hitting calories like bang on the decimal. I always instruct a bracket. It's absolutely good enough for me. And I also feel this way about macros as well. Um, You know, you don't have to eat 61 grams of fat and 129 grams of carbs. It doesn't really work like that. Your body doesn't work like that. Brackets are really helpful. And also they give you a little bit more room to maneuver. So, I'll add 10% to calories and and this is still likely going to be a deficit. In fact, it most certainly is going to be a deficit. But I personally, and every coach is different here and every coach will do things differently. Even my co-coach Emma does this very differently to me. And that's fine. You know, we all have our methods and that's why it's really great and important that you find a coach who works well for you. But for me personally and professionally, I like clients to climb calories up incrementally. Not stupidly incrementally not like add 10 calories here and you know five grams of fat there not not that but incrementally so that a we can determine what the client's actual maintenance is before we accidentally stumble into a surplus and then have to pull calories back down again which is a massive head fuck for the client and I feel like if as a coach if that happened and it easily could I would feel like I'd done wrong by them so I like to go slowly b In an ideal world, I also want to see their expenditure um, in terms of like their knee and even just like energy given to a workout start to slowly and organically increase because we're adding food, which may in the long run allow us to climb calories even higher instead of just calling it quits, say 2000 calories. So, you know, there's an initial reason why, and there's also kind of a, a longer term reason why, and also see psychologically just saying to a client, okay, now you can have, you know, all these calories and really going in quick. I have, I did do that uh, back in the day as a coach and I would see it really trip them up into this kind of all or nothing mentality, which is exactly what we're trying to avoid at all costs. So I like to do it this way. I also will ask my clients to continue to weigh in daily during this period taking their lowest weekly weight as always. And I know that some clients find that quite annoying because they're quite done with weighing in, but it's really important in this transition that we continue to do that and stay patient. Don't worry, you're not going to be weighing in forever, but we need to be watching how your body's responding here. Now, initially and historically, weight will just spike up. This is not body fat. And this is why having a coach is so important or being really as objective and kind of logical and rational as you can be. This is not body fat, okay? Like I say, you're likely still in a deficit. It's simply added food volume, Yeah, food does weigh. (laughs) Added glycogen storage in the muscle, which leads to subsequent water storage in the muscle. And um, I find myself saying to clients, look, this is not body fat, please relax. It's not, okay? And also after a few days or a week or so, their weight will always drop back down and most clients will then start to lose again. 
And this is when we increase calories again. Another 10% will get added and we will just continue going like this until we reach a nice stable weight. And yes, your weight will continue to fluctuate like it always has done and always will do. But a pretty kind of regular kind of trending weight of maybe one to two pounds above the final fat loss weigh in. That's a good sign that we're now at maintenance. Step two, I always instruct one untracked meal in the very first week of bringing calories up and taking a client out of fat loss. This is purely psychological. Fat loss can and should be somewhat of a balanced approach, yes. And untracked meals can absolutely feature in a fat loss phase. But let's be honest, they don't really go hand in hand with the goal and they can't really feature that often. But now that the fat loss goal has been achieved, we need to start to restore some normality around food. Not I have to track everything or I have to eat everything. Just some normal human behaviors and approaches to food intake. So I'll tell my clients to go out one evening, which I think is probably preferable to doing it at home because it's a more controlled environment. Just go out one evening and have an untracked meal. Don't think about calories. Don't think about macros. Don't fall into the fuck it bucket and, you know, enter some crazy kind of, I'm going to eat everything I can possibly eat cycle. That's not what we want. You don't have to eat something healthy. You don't have to eat something unhealthy. You don't have to do anything. You just order whatever you like, whatever you see on the menu that appeals to you, order it. And look, if you do want to stay home and cook a meal, that's absolutely fine. I would say plan it though. Think about a meal maybe that was quite high in calories that you probably avoided when you're in fat loss. Like I know for me, spaghetti carbonara is like a weekly staple when I'm not in a fat loss phase. <laughs> but something which you kind of love, but you kind of were like, well, it doesn't really align with the goal. So you maybe didn't have. And do a big meal and... You know, I know that, that James and I will kind of do that and we'll get a bottle of wine. And yeah, it's, it's a really nice thing to do. And like I say, it doesn't have to be healthy. It doesn't have to be unhealthy. It doesn't have to be anything. It just has to be an untracked, unoverly thought about meal. And as the weeks go on, much like calories will climb up, untracked meals will start to feature more and more. And the goal is to get a really nice balance of tracking sometimes, not tracking sometimes, maintaining the achieved goal and living a real life. You know, don't forget that health should encompass both mental and physical well-being, amongst many other things. And this is a hugely important step uh, in a post-fat loss approach to dieting. I actually have a client now who, it's been a long slog. We had to take her calories quite low and we had to get her cardio quite high, but she's definitely not the norm. I think a lot of people will hear that and be like, oh, this is like me and you'd be surprised. It's really not the norm. It almost never happens. But now she's finally done after six months and we're climbing calories up and she she really didn't want to have the untracked meal. And I was like, no, it's a non-negotiable. You're doing it. And I think it's important that you find a coach which, who takes behavior and who takes psychology as seriously as physique. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass.
Okay, so step three is to reassess expenditure. So the first thing on this list is added cardio. A lot of coaches turn their nose up at cardio, which in my opinion is pretty stupid. Sorry, but it is. <laughs> Cardiovascular health is extremely important and exercising your heart is just as important as exercising your quads, okay? <laughs> However, let's say if I have a client doing 30 to 40 minutes of cardio post-workout at the very end of a fat loss phase, which is high. I don't, I don't actually think I've ever instructed that. But anyway, it is the first element of the expenditure bracket that I will address with them when we come into maintenance. Now, some clients like it. Some clients love cardio. They love going for a run. They love doing it. I mean, I do. I love cardio. Not a lot, but you know, a little bit. So we talk about it. Do you want to keep it in? In which case we can likely climb calories even higher. Um, not initially, but eventually. Do you want to pull it down? Like me, like, do, do you like it? But maybe like 30 minutes is enough. Do you want to reduce it? In which case, fantastic. Typically, I will keep 10 to 20-ish minutes of cardio in post-workout for all my clients. Again, for basic health and fitness reasons. But I certainly don't want clients doing bucket loads of cardio purely for maintenance reasons. There's just absolutely no need for it at all. The next expenditure box to tick is NEAT, uh, non-exercise activity thermogenesis, specifically steps. So I have a minimum target of 10K daily steps or 70K weekly average steps that I want all my clients hitting now and forevermore. Again, this is for health and fitness reasons, but it is also, unlike cardio, for maintenance reasons. As in, if all of a sudden the client decides to become sedentary, guess what? Bye-bye results, bye-bye maintenance, hello yo-yo diet cycle. This is one of those lifestyle implementations which is never going anywhere. So sack up, take care of yourself and get used to it. But let's just say like with the added cardio or just with added focus on the fat loss goal, the client has worked their way up to 15K steps per day. This is when, much like with the cardio, we will have to have that conversation. Are you really pushing to hit these steps? Would you like to bring these down or is this happening naturally and organically for you? And by that, I mean, you know, if the client walks their dog twice a day for an hour and it is natural for them and they enjoy it, that's, again, fantastic. It's a very healthy expenditure. And it's also, you know, a good sign that we can we can probably increase calories higher, much like I said about the cardio. But if not, we can absolutely drop steps back down to a daily minimum or a weekly minimum average. So the last thing to address re-expenditure is training frequency. Now, three full body sessions a week is enough. So if the client has been slogging away doing two upper, two lower and a core a week, which is very similar to my training split, but I enjoy it. I will ask them if they've been enjoying it or if they've just kind of gotten into a pattern that they didn't really want to mess with mid goal. Because I think I'm like that. Like if something is working and I'm in the habit, I don't want to change it. So I'll just go with it. But let's say it's been taking time away from their work, their family, their friends, passions, hobbies. Well, we can change that now. You don't need to be working out five days a week. So let, let's bring it down to three. But much like steps, three full bodies per week is a minimum now forevermore. Unless, you know, you're on holiday or you're not well, or you want to take a deload week. All of that is perfectly acceptable. But generally speaking, much like steps, I don't want the client just to all of a sudden stop working out. This is another lifestyle implementation. Like this is here to stay or again, bye-bye results. Okay, so we've done the calories, we've done the untracked meal, we've done the expenditure and the kind of subcategories under that 
Now, step four, let's talk about psychology. The thing with fat loss is that even if you try to coach as much balance as possible, it's still a goal that does require a hefty dose of compromise and even, dare I say it, restriction. I'm sorry, but it just does. Every goal does. And again, I talk about this in every episode. People are going to, I know, people are just going to be listening, thinking, shut up. (laughs) But the anti-diet community is just like, you don't have to restrict yourself. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you you have, you know, 100 pounds to lose and you have a fat loss goal, of course you do. How else are you going to get there? So it is fair to say that when we come out of fat loss into maintenance, now more than ever, you need to buckle up. Because 99.9% of clients, myself included, will now start to think, oh, it's over. I can eat anything and everything I want and I don't have to set foot in a gym or even wear a pair of trainers ever again. Well, no. Actually, we can increase food, of course, and we, we do and we will, and decrease expenditure. You still have to eat like an adult most of the time. You still have to take care of your body most of the time. And you still have to not be a complete arsehole to yourself. You know, the psychology of maintenance is probably the biggest hurdle that you'll have to jump in this whole quote unquote journey. And like I say, it took me years, years and years to pull it off. Like it did not come naturally to me at all. It is hard work, psychologically speaking. And you just need to be prepared for that and accepting of that and kind of cognizant of that going into it. I said it in the last podcast I did, you know, the the part two of the fat loss one. The diet after the diet, the maintenance part of the equation is the hardest transition of the whole thing. Um, And when you get there, my God, as I said in the beginning of the episode, does it pay off? Is it worth it for the rest of your life? But it's hard. Okay, the last step that we need to kind of consider and talk about uh, when moving into maintenance is your lifestyle going forward. And this is where as a coach, the real kind of fulfillment comes with clients. This is where the transition ends and they can go. They're done with me. It's when the client is eating higher calories than they have done in years and in many cases than they've ever done, hitting steps easily and organically, training some days of the week, but certainly not all or even necessarily most. When the client can go out to eat without even thinking about calories and macros before, during or after, When the client can then come home and get right back on track with a healthy and calorie appropriate diet. When the client has a fit and healthy, mentally and physically, a fit and healthy lifestyle, the client does not need to be a client anymore. After six months of coaching the same small group of clients that I have, I'm saying goodbye to about five of them next week because they did it. They did the fat loss they did the maintenance, they hung around for longer than they needed to so that we could make sure that they were done and they are done. And I really want to say that because I just want anybody listening who's like, why aren't I there yet? Why can't I get there? And I know there are so many of you that that will apply to. And again, that was once me. This can be you. There is life beyond a fat loss goal. There is life beyond a maintenance goal. If you put in the work in both of those regards, you will reap the rewards and it will be worth it, but you do have to put in the work. And again, the reason why I get so frustrated with these like anti-diet messaging is because it's actually not helping. It's it's miseducation. 
in the same way that women being told for the last hundred years that we have to look a certain way is the same miseducation. It's we can get you to a point where you are mentally and physically happy and healthy and you're done with this, but it's not all or nothing and it shouldn't be. And that's not life. But I want everybody to know that it happens with every coaching round I do. I say goodbye to clients who are done. And I think a lot of them listening, you will know who you are as well. So those are my five tips for maintenance. So let's just go through them one last time. So step one was increase calories by 10%. And like I say, your weight will likely spike up, then it will drop down. Then you will probably start losing again. You're probably still in a deficit. And then we go again and we keep doing this. And again, like I said, I said, I like to do it quite slowly and incrementally so that we can watch how your body responds en route so that hopefully your expenditure, whether it's just moving around or even just like expended in the gym, will start to climb up. And if we kind of I don't just want to say to a client, okay, let's come up to 2000 and you're done. It might be, and it has happened multiple times. I've been able to take clients up to, you know, 2500, 2600. And they, you know, they wouldn't have got there if I'd just given them an arbitrary number and left them. Um, So I like to do it incrementally, personally. The second step was untracked meals. Initially, these will be kind of like once weekly, but then we want to get into to a point where we can have them kind of throughout the week. I don't mean every day, but absolutely, you know, throughout the week and, and get clients into a really nice normal relationship with tracking, not tracking, you know, healthy food intake and just, you know, enjoying food. Um, and this is work. This takes work. It's really important as well, I think, to have a coach, really. I mean, I, I hate it. I've said this in podcasts before when my clients are like, okay, I'm done with fat loss. Bye. And I'm like, fuck. And they always come back because maintenance really is the hardest part. Step three was to reassess expenditure. So first and foremost, added cardio. Like I said, I like to keep some cardio in, but you don't need to be doing bucket loads of cardio to maintain your results at all. And anyone who thinks they do, you don't, I promise you. And again, neat, any kind of added excessive neat, which kind of made sense when we were close to the goal and we wanted to push, can come back to minimum now of like 70K steps is a weekly average and then lastly training frequency as i said there's loads of different ways to program and we all uh, you know even the professionals like to train differently to each other and that's fine as i said i think a lot of clients and i'm the same will get into a pattern where they're like no this is what is working for me and i'm in the habit and i don't want to mess with it well now we can actually look at it and say do you enjoy training this much or do you want to come down to like three four bodies a week for example Step four was the psychology of it. The psychology of maintenance really is the biggest hurdle that you're going to face. You can't, this isn't all or nothing. And now is the time when you really do realize that. It is a transition and it takes a while. And I've had clients who've done it in a matter of weeks. And I've had clients who have struggled through it for months. And then I've had clients go it alone and be fine. But like I keep saying, it is helpful to have a coach if you're doing this and ideally a good one. The last step is the lifestyle transition. And this is where it all ends. Like I like I said, you know, being able to go out and eat and being able to come home and get back on track, you know, being able to organically and naturally hit your steps, enjoy your training sessions. And, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, three, four bodies a week. You know, this is for people with like, who want to maintain physique results. But, you know, even if you just just you really enjoy spin or body combat or whatever, just like exercising three days a week, you know, being able to have a really nice balance of taking care of your body and enjoying your life. You're done. And I, like I say, I have this in every coaching round. It's not rare. It happens all the time. And 
I want everybody out there listening to rest assured it does happen frequently, trust me, with quote unquote normal women and you can do it too. So that's it. That wraps up the diet after the diet maintenance episode of the podcast. Join me next week when I promise you I will have another guest. It won't just be me talking again. I'm so sorry. I hope you found it helpful though. And thank you so much. And as always, if you can rate, subscribe, leave a review, it really does help me out. And we can keep the podcast going for many moons to come. Okay, guys, have a great week and I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. Please make sure that you like, subscribe and to follow wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode. If you're new to the podcast, please don't forget to catch up on series one, two and three to learn even more about all the topics my guests and I cover from nutrition to fitness, physique results and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.